Hello, and welcome to Building a Stage, the new podcast from Break the Chain Theater Company. My name is Craig Esther. I am the artistic director of Break the Chain, and I'll be joined in this podcast by my co-founders, Alexis Clark, our managing director and head of marketing, and Maurizio Dominguez, our other co-founder who runs the media portion of the company. You're going to hear all about our struggles, our successes, our failures, and our journey as we work together to start our own new theater company. So this will be a monthly show, and every month we'll dig into a new topic, a new aspect of the journey. This month's topic is about making a first impression. We very much hope that you'll enjoy the show and that it'll be informative for you as well. So take a listen, enjoy. so weird to be speaking this formally to each other (laughs) this is not something we do on a regular basis we are three derps yes and to be podcasting together is so strange but we're doing a lot of things together now so we got to get used to it we're usually being very like work zoom formal working down a list we're going to just kind of start with talking about who we are and why we're here so we are Break the Chain Theater Company. We are Yeah. We Sorry. are the team. It's very exciting. <laughs> it is very exciting. No, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with joy. Um, we are the team building the company together. And so this episode is really about introducing us, introducing why we wanna do the things that we're doing and um, letting our audience know who we are and how excited we are to serve them. So I guess um we can go around, we'll say our names, what our job is, and get moving from there. I'm Craig, I'm the artistic director, and I'm just really, really happy to be here. And we'll just go to my right, which you cannot see on the podcast. Oh, that's me. Okay. Yes, I had to figure it out. Thank you, guys. My name is Alexis Grace Clark. I am the general manager, marketing coordinator person, kind of going hand in hand, but you know, very different beasts especially once we eventually get a space. But yeah, that's who I am. And my name is Mauricio Dominguez, and I am the media manager for Break the Chain Company. And I'm also super excited to to be here. I know this is something that has been in the works for quite some time. And so it's very exciting to see it coming to life and starting to take form. And this literally is not possible without Maurizio. Like this podcast, not possible. So just throwing that out there. He is the producer of this podcast. Yes, 1000%. He is making this possible and he is amazing. Yes, so we are very, very grateful for for that. We're being so nice to each other. What is this world? I'm trying so hard not to make my like little weird noises Mm -hmm. of like response and everything. So... And try not to do the thing where you're like, I'm listening to you. I really want you to know (laughs) that I'm listening to you. So that's who all of us are. So I want to talk also about what exactly our jobs are, because not many people know really the structure of a theater company and how theaters work. And one of our big objectives with the podcast is to say, here's a guide to how to do this really crazy, difficult thing that, you know, there's not a lot of good just... Let me tell you what's happening as it's happening uh, kind of thing. So what's an artistic director? An artistic director is the person who is sort of the decision maker in regards to anything artistic. Basically, that means that eventually we're going to pick some shows. 
that we want to do is our season. As we're picking those shows, it's sort of it's sort of my job to give us a direction to go in to say, I think this is the objective we want to have. Of course, we're going to discuss it and then we'll make a decision. But it's my job to make sure that we're always reminding each other of the mission of like, this is what we decided that we wanted to do. So let's all make sure we're on the same page there. And then when it comes time to hire that artistic staff, there will be somebody, me, who's probably writing out casting calls and writing out, looking for directors and helping to interview people to bring to this team here so that we can all just then decide together if these are the people that we want in our camp, making the audience facing work that is gonna represent our company. So that's a little bit about what an artistic director does. What an artistic director is not, is not a dictator, is not a tyrant, is not, is not the person who walks into the room and says, I have all the answers, listen to me. I'm sure there's gonna be one day where I'm gonna be like, guys, we just have to do this. We have to go left because we just have to go left because we need to make a decision. But ultimately it's about bringing the team's vision to life and making sure the team stays on vision. So that's a little bit about what an artistic director does. Alexis, can you talk about like your couple of hats? We're gonna figure out how to fuse those into a specific title, but- We're working on it. This is about process. So this is where we are in the process. Yeah. 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 And that's the thing is that between the artistic director and, and, and the general manager, that is our job is to like make sure that both of us, we keep each other in check. I always think of the general manager as like it's the stage manager of the theater itself, not just the show. Now, for those who don't really understand what a stage manager is, that is someone who gets the rehearsal started, runs the show. When the director goes away, they keep the time. They keep everyone safe by following rules and guidelines and everything like that. So that's always what I think of the general manager is. It's the stage manager for the whole company, which is pretty much why Craig asked me to be a part of this is because I'm going to be the person to be like, no, you can't spend that much money. No, you can't do this. No, this is not feasible. I'm the no, but I'm also the yes person. And it's both of our jobs that if we need to call it and say, we have to pivot this way, we're going to go pivot. Now, with that, where we are now, like, yeah, in our meetings, sure, I can still be that person, but... That's not super important at the moment. I do have a huge background in media and marketing with theater specifically. Dabble in photography, have done social media for more than one theater in the Detroit area. And so that's kind of where my main hat is right now. Canva is my superhero. And I'm the one, that, primarily at least, that's making the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter posts, the eventual Snapchat, and the eventual TikTok, which <laughs> I'm so excited to teach you guys TikTok dances. We're young. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta stay hip. Right now, it's, you know, I'm trying to be the fill-in for what's ever needed. And I think all of us are really doing that. You know, we're, we're willing to pick up a hat where we need it. But in theory, those are kind of my jobs. And... You know, eventually, too, if we get big enough, you know, I'm going to hand marketing off to someone who knows better than I do. And no one here is, is here to be a dictator at all. This is collaborative. This is a team. None of us are going to be king or queen of anything. Never. And we should also say for, for the listeners as well, and because this is about process, this is going to be something that's very transparent, mm -hmm. very blunt. If it's involving the financial well-being of the company and we have to make a decision, it's going to Alexis. A hundred percent. Like Alexis is keeping it will be keeping the numbers and helping us go. How do we how do we allocate our resources to the best of our ability? Even if that means like looking me or Maurizio in the face and going, No, you mm -hmm. cannot 
you cannot spend $9,000 on a no. fancy new camera <laughs> to stream one weekend of shows. As much as that's a no job, that's also an allocation of resources job to, uh, to protect everybody that's going to be working for us eventually mm-hmm. and to protect ourselves to keep our integrity and our safety as a company financially mm-hmm. going because that's a really big deal. For media manager, most of what I've been handling has been finding the the best way to, like as Alexis had mentioned, to be able to produce the different content that we are creating, whether it's like finding out the specifics of how to do a podcast or the best way to record the audio, things like that. And starting to research also the different uh, media that we're going to be creating content for. Uh, so for Twitch, you know, starting to look into, well, how can we uh, run a stream, you know, for multiple screens at the same time, running a camera or sound, things of that nature. I've been very fortunate to have gotten my start doing videography for different theaters in the Metro Detroit community. And so that slowly allowed me to start like opening doors into working in film and doing promotional videos. And so I'm very excited to be able to like bring that knowledge that I've gained to support Break the Chain Theater Company. You don't know how hard it was for me and my theater-loving heart not to start going, we're opening doors. Uh, Because, yeah. I want to add about Mauricio's job as well that we are a theater company that is is going to be using new media a lot. I think that one of the things that's going to make our company special is that we are blending that in-person, you come to see shows at this building thing with the world of content creation, Twitch, YouTube, podcasting, streaming, all of those things, because I think that the direction that the theater is going to have to go in, if it's going to survive, is that it needs to find ways to exist outside of just the building. And it's got to figure out how to get to audiences that are not within that range that can just come to every show, because I think that's what's going to make things the most successful Right. I mean, you're already seeing that with like Broadway HD and marquee TV and those sorts of things. It's unfortunately for mainstream people and it's your average Joe, they're not going to be able to afford a theater ticket at most regional places. Definitely not Broadway. So the way for that to get into the home, which is so important, the arts are so important in every single home. The only way to do that is to make it more feasible and accessible through the other versions that we're looking to do through YouTube, through Twitch, through these podcasts. That's what's actually going to reach kids. That's what's going to reach families. That's what's going to share art. I have, I have you know, little cousins and, of course, a younger brother who, like, you know, they don't know so many famous actors, but they know streamers. They know people who are on, they know who Ninja is. I can't believe I know who Ninja is. But they, like, they know all of those things. And it's just time for our art form to move forward in that way. So when we say, like, Mauritio is so important to that, we would not be on these microphones right now figuring out how to do any of this, any of this without his work. So the podcast that you see, the streams that you see, all those things, he will be, like, engineering and hopefully helping teach us so that we can come along with him in, in those efforts. That's one of the things that I feel like throughout the course of the pandemic and everything shutting down and ultimately there was a period of time where it really forced many theaters in the community to find ways to be able to remain active and still create some type of content. And so I definitely feel like it's it's a great opportunity to 
begin to explore, like, as you said, doing more content in those mediums now that people have seen, oh, we can host a Shakespeare or a play reading virtually via, via Zoom or on Twitch or on YouTube or a filmed performance, having it on stage with the actors and practiced and rehearsed and acted, but to essentially present it virtually online as a film or a short film. Yeah. Now that we've seen that it's definitely possible to to create that content and share it through those through those mediums, it's why not? You know, why not use all of the avenues you can to get the word across and to share new art? Yeah, and it's just going to be fun. I think that's the other thing that people are. I haven't yet in the digital theater I've gotten to watch just seeing people have fun with it. There's been a lot of this. How do we make it look right? How do we do this? How do we do that? And of course you want that, right? But it's also it'll also just be nice to watch people do silly things <laughs> in the name of storytelling on a on a different on a different medium. So that's gonna bring us around to God, it's so interesting to be this formal with each other. You're gonna hear that over and over. A big, I guess, sort of umbrella for our topic today that I put down on my fancy notes here because I'm an organized person. Alexis is an organized person. I just uh, rolled my eyes so big. Y'all really don't did. even know. That was just instant. I, was, <laughs> I wasn't even looking and I felt it. Um, <laughs> but I did I did outline a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the basic, the name of the episode. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I have a job. <laughs> they let me teach children. <laughs> There's a cat behind me for everyone to know. So as I reach back to put my hand on the couch, I began petting wonderful Pip, who is very sweet. This episode is called First Impressions. It's about what it means to make a first impression and kind of step out into the world as a company, which was our big objective this week. So you know who we are. You know kind of some of our ideas. The main thing to remember through all of this, all this struggle that we're going to go through as we're putting things together and all the hard work we're going to do is that we asked for this, right? When things get difficult, that's the thing I'm going to be repeating over and over. Remember, we asked for this. So let's go back to Marita. Why did you want to be a part of this? What made you want to join this crazy, crazy train? It's funny because as you mentioned that, I just it, it dawned on me just how long this has been something that had been more or less, you know, discussion because um, in the different occasions we would hang out, you know, just especially after shows, yeah. uh, we would be talking about, you know, we, we should start our own theater company. And for, for the longest, I feel <laughs> yeah. like we kind of just thought about it for a second and then just kind of moved on from the conversation. I was <laughs> like, oh, that would be nice. But anyway, back to Mario Kart. Uh, Mario Kart. <laughs> Once you started um, framing it in a much more concrete, like, oh, no, like for real, like we have a project, we have a vision and we are going to make this happen. What I'm really excited about is being able to have a say ultimately in the work that we want to share, that we want to create, you know, and to share with, with, with others. As a Latino actor, it's not rare to find that there's like limited opportunities in terms of roles or in terms of even representation, you know, how many stories are represent like Latino stories or BIPOC, you know, by people of color stories. And not only how many stories talk about those cultures, but how many of them are actually produced. Yeah. Being able to have a say in the type of content that we want to share. I feel like that's what I'm, I'm most excited about. And 
not necessarily from a, from a viewpoint of oh well now we have a theater company so now I get to act on, on stuff not not from that perspective rather we can create more opportunities for others to to participate almost like um, acknowledging a problem or realizing hey this is something that's an issue that I think a lot of us feel very strongly about why not do something about it no you couldn't have said it any better because that's why I'm excited to be here and while Yes, I am a white presenting person. I am plus size. It's actually almost harder for me to get a role doing anything than it is for the two people of color sitting next to me. And I'm not trying to say nothing about anything. Sure. Only that for me, I'm super excited to be able to give people the opportunity based off of their talent and not because of their look. Which, yes, some film and media are getting away from that-ish. You can say that about anyone who is not the perfect straight white person, straight size, your traditional standard of quote, quote, beauty, which please. But for me, it's giving that opportunity to the newcomer. We're not going to be casting the same 15 people, which is a phrase you hear a lot, unfortunately, in Southeastern Michigan theater. It's that, well, they're doing great stuff. Shows are great. Same 20 people. And that's kind of the antithesis of what we don't want to be. And having that opportunity to bring that home is really important. I'm very passionate about it. And admittedly, I didn't think I'd have that opportunity. So when Craig, you know, Craig has been the one who's always been like, man, we really just need to start a theater. Yeah. You know, it'd be like, bitch, bitch, bitch. Man, when we start our own theater, that's not going to happen. Or something along those lines. And literally, for as long as I have known you... That's just been like a tail end of a conversation before a subject change. Um, (laughs) And I mean, let's be honest, you picked me and you're kind of the driving force behind this because, you know, I have a full time day job. It's hard. It's hard to be able to put in the work and the effort right now. Um, It's finding the time, especially with COVID. I'm not used to running theater hours anymore. You know, it's not I'm not used to the two time jobs or anything like that. But Craig has definitely been the driving force here. Can't think of enough for having the drive and the passion, the determination to make this happen. And I'm just super thankful and blessed and humbled to be able to put any part of my passion, drive, and determination into this project because it's going to be special. It is us having a voice and a younger voice that this location and this area hasn't seen. And while, yeah, I have no idea what the hell is going to (laughs) happen... It's going to be a wild ride, and it's exciting. Do you want to do you want to say something mean about me now to undercut all the nice things? Now we'll get there. Oh, oh, dang! I think, I think that will just come up naturally as true. we talk. Okay. Right. Something to know about Craig and I: our wit and our sarcasm just keeps going back and forth, and everyone else is just afraid to be there. When we eventually have a staff, I'm I'm really fine to be the third nicest member of the senior staff. <laughs> It's fine. Whatever. I'm a person. For me, I guess the thing that was really driving me here was trying to make what was missing. If eight-year-old me could have like walked down the street from his house and had a theater and seen actors coming in and out of it that like looked like him and looked like people from these different backgrounds and could have gone to grow up and see shows there, that kid's life would have been so different so fast. I mean, I said it in our in our post that went up today that like doing theater just like it changed my life. And I've had a weird trajectory the last 10 years from like 
finishing college to going out in the world and working. And I've gotten to work at some really nice places. I've gotten to work at some not so nice places. Um, and I, but I've gotten to, I've been really blessed to work inside quite a few regional theaters, institutions that have been there a long time and in different states and different areas. And I only, I only say all of that to say that I've seen this work and I've seen this die, or at least not be cared for in the way that it should be cared for. And for me, it was always like, I'm just, I'm straight, I'm an actor, I'm just acting, and that's all I do. And I run around, and I do that. And it wasn't until during the pandemic going, oh, there's no acting to do. <laughs> Maybe I should figure out how to. So I started writing plays, and I wrote this play called You Talk White, which is like a 30 minute, a 30 minute play that the Open Book Theater Company, who you're probably gonna hear us talk about a lot because they're our friends, we love them. Um, they produced my 30 minute play and toured it around uh, toured it around Michigan, they went quite far. And um, we brought it to, the, to my neighborhood where I grew up, literally the church parking lot of the church, my family, everybody was raised at that church. And, there was, and we had a talk back with the actors and, and myself and Krista, the artistic director at Open Book. And there was something so powerful about taking a high quality piece of art that you made and bringing it to your community. And it was so exciting because it was about them. It was a story about stuff that everybody in that community deals with. And that was the moment where I went, oh, maybe, maybe my life should be doing about doing more of that. <laughs> maybe, maybe the purpose that we, that I've been looking for as I've rattled around all these years has been to have that moment and that and that feeling and to have that sense of giving back to the community with the art that we make. So I wanted to bring up our mission statement because we haven't pulled it up the whole time, but our mission as a theater company, every theater company that you see, if you're starting a theater company, before you do any paperwork, the first thing you need is a mission because you need to plant your flag and say, this is what we do. So our mission at Break the Chain Theater is to create and facilitate the creation of art that is diverse, empathetic, and socially impactful, which means that no matter what work we do, if it does not meet one of those three things, we're not doing it. <laughs> like, that's the thing. It's got to meet those three things. So we have creating, creating work. So you will see, you will see work created by us. You will see a show that, you know, Alexis does intimacy coordination for or directing or, or stage combat. Maritza's probably gonna be in a show. More likely than not, we'll be in a show or directing a show or working on a, on a show. I will be in a show, I'll write a show, I'll act in a show. But the point is that we have that second word there, which is facilitation. It's facilitating the creation, right? Is that we are going to then create an environment for other people to come in and create new work and create the kind of work that we don't get to see in our area a lot so that we bring those audiences that drive far out places to see people that don't look like us in shows. Maybe they'll come to our neighborhood and all of a sudden we'll be enriched by the, the connecting of, of those communities. And so that's the dream, that's the hope, that's the drive, that's why, that's why we're here. So on that first topic, that main topic, we, hey, we're getting through this quite well. Alexis is laughing at me podcast listeners, but we are actually doing pretty well time-wise and getting through my little outline here, but we are in the big section <laughs> now. In the outline we trust. Yes, in the outline we trust. In the timekeeper we trust. Oh, see, well, this is it in action. Always taking time. This is it in we action. We got a schedule. 
listen, I teach after school drama classes and I'm always looking because I'm always looking at the time because my goodness, children and keeping them on time is I have a class of 15 wonderful first through fifth graders that I teach. And today they were, um, I love them. They're wonderful. They're creative. They're the reason we're doing stuff like this. You know, they're probably going to be listening to this. So I know, right? So (laughs) I didn't change the words I was going to say just now. Cut that. Cut it. Cut it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But yeah, so timekeeping when you're, when you're, when you're an educator, you learn it real fast. So yeah, that is how I learned. <laughs> our main, so our main topic, as we said, is first is first impressions. This week we did a big thing. We basically planted our flag in the sand and said, "Hey world, we're a theater company." We launched our website. We launched our we launched our social media presence, and we've begun basically to tell our audience, "Hey, we're here." And by the way, all those social media presences in the website will be in the description for this episode. So you know, go there. Follow them, rate this podcast, review it, do all the things you have to do, help us build. Um, I'm just sliding that in now, our equivalent of like and subscribe on YouTube. But we announced our presence to the world. That's a big moment for us. Now we have to talk about how we got there. So how do you start a theater company? Let's just, let's start there. How do you start a theater company? You said we have a mission statement. We have a team. We have a dream. We have goals. What's the actual work that we did so i'm actually gonna have us go around each of us are going to talk about the work that we've been doing uh for our various tasks in starting this organization so i'll do the first i'll do the first one real quick which was you got to register as a nonprofit with the state that you're in and that basically involves a having the money to pay for the registration which varies from state to state so i can't give you what our number was that we paid but it wasn't bad so you have to be able to answer questions of what's your intention with your nonprofit you have to make sure that you're not advocating for one side or the other politically you have to basically answer a long questionnaire about that so for michigan it was michigan.gov i believe and you went onto the site and there were uh, and there was a long form about incorporating it's not as a nonprofit, but you have to have articles of incorporation, you have to have bylaws, you have to have a board, and you have to have a, a basically a corporate structure. We have started a corporation together, and so that's why you've got to take it seriously because you're starting a business. The government is involved. <laughs> it's almost like a marriage. You are signing a paper that says, I like hanging out with you so much <laughs> that, you know, so you can't leave because if you leave, there's ramifications. <laughs> By the way, that's not my joke. That's like, I think Aziz Ansari makes that joke. Uh, who else makes that? Amy Schumer. Like, there's a few comedians that make that joke. But I think it's such a, it's, a, it's so connected to what we're, what we're doing here that, like, the government is involved. This, these relationships are going to last long. So that's the first thing we had to do. No, but, like, really, actually, the other day, I was talking about this with, I think it was, like, my mom or my dad or something. They're like, so you're a business owner? And I was like, no. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep, sure am. That's a mindset switch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When you're starting a theater company, you're starting a business. And that business has to have a business plan. It has to have a model for how it's going to do what it does. And you got to make that definition. Uh, You have to make that definition to the the government, to the world. So a book I've been reading and going through to help us is a book called How to Run a Theater. The author's name escapes me. But again, we can stick that into the description of the episode for people to find it. And basically that book starts out with saying, who are you, which we've just been through, and you know, what do you want, which we've just talked about, because you gotta declare all of that when you're doing that initial registration as a nonprofit. 
So we are all on those articles of incorporation with our specific jobs listed because you got to have that structure for the government. I'm going to pass it over to you, Alexis. Talk about your track in doing this. I mean, yeah. I mean, at the beginning of it, it was just going through the registration and kind of just going through bullet point by bullet point. It's like, okay, so we have to have a mission statement. Okay, now we have a board. Okay, now who is on the board? What are we doing? And it, it was almost our guide for a while there before we had resources other than that. I mean, personally, I knew I was going to take over social media for this because that is one of my stronger suits And when it comes to theater stuff. So I was like, okay, well, let's make everything. Not all of it is live quite yet, mostly because we are doing like podcasts and stuff like that. But it's the registration of it. It exists. It's there. I have the logins and passwords and handles and everything. And we're just waiting for it to be launched. But as I stated earlier, you know, I'm trying to pick up any hats that are on the ground in general. And something we talked about very early on is that especially considering the state of not just like regional theater, but film, TV, theater across the nation and across the world, intimacy coordinating is becoming a necessary part of all theaters. So I've taken it upon myself to become that for Break the Chain. It is a very long process. And because it is such a new thing, there's not a lot of structure around it. I'm actually uh, on a couple of different Facebook groups But specifically, one of them just recently was saying how there's a union for everybody else, but there isn't for intimacy coordinators, and we should probably get on that. (laughs) There are people having those conversations, but even just trying to be certified as an intimacy coordinator for stage or screen, it's hard to figure out because there's so many places that are not legit. I am currently working through TIE, um, also known as TIE. I have my first workshop with them coming up at the end of the month. We can put a description in the bio for that too, if that is something that interests people. That's been my main thing. I also did stage combat all throughout university, and I have done stage combat for different theaters in the area as well. I preach safety first, and I'm trying to get certified in that as well. That closest thing I can do is go to Chicago for two weeks and get them all done all at once. But specifically, I handle hand-to-hand combat, rapier, rapier dagger, bow staff, and I do a little bit of tumbling. I'm better with the safety of tumbling than I am with doing it myself, but that's fine. I back you up with a little bit of broadsword as well. The hand and a half. Ooh, it's very fun. Yes. Oh, no. It's, it's, I never expected it to be such a passion, but as soon as I stepped in the class it was everything and then I got my feet wet with doing like TA stuff which taught me how to like choreograph and also how to control the room a little bit better than you do when you're actually in class yourself shout out to Phil Harmer if he's listening he was my stage combat teacher we love Phil so that's been kind of my thing it's anything that needs to be done hey can you proofread this hey can you look over this really quick yeah absolutely give me like 10 minutes I will get it done so recently It's been with the launch of the social media. It's making sure everything is all set. I built our website. I did everything but create the logo, but I'm kind of making logos for other things. Like I made the logos for the podcasts. I am, you know, making sure that everything else is all set for the launches. I am now doing content for all the websites, which any media manager out there knows is a full-time job in itself. I am, you know, for Instagram, you have to create the posts and their pictures and then there's the extra, please proofread this like 11,000 times. I have my partner, Peter. He unfortunately has to proofread everything. 
and he volunteered for that by living with me. We should say Peter's a novelist himself, so he knows a lot about that proofreading and editing process, and also that we love him and we appreciate him letting us record this podcast in his home. (laughs) Yes, yes, he is one of our biggest supporters, definitely my biggest supporter, and I don't know where we'd be without him, to be honest, behind the scenes and being able to like crack jokes and everything, and Yes, we share an apartment, so letting us be here is very kind of him. <laughs> but so I'm kind of a pick-up-the-hat kind of person at the moment. So so Maurizio, for you as well, because if we go in the order of events, it was like Craig had an idea. Craig started doing it and went, oh, I should probably find people who have strengths that I do not have because that's how we build something, right? We all bring in the thing that we are all great at doing. And so there was Alexis, and then Alexis was like, hey, what about Maurizio? And I was like, we hang out with Maurizio all the time. And he's really, really good, A, with technology, B, with digital storytelling, C, as, as a performer, and D, he's dedicated and he's always on top of, if you ask Maurizio to do something, it's going to get done. Like, there is no question whatsoever. And you're like, why don't we just ask Maurizio? And it was like a two-second conversation. It was like, why didn't we, yeah, why didn't we do that before? And again, finding people who have strengths you don't have. Alexis had that thought. And then now we're here recording a podcast pretty professionally because Maurizio went 100% on all of this. So Maurizio, if you could talk about um, talk about your journey deciding to join us and then the work that you've been doing. Yeah, it's funny because I still remember the the, the moment where you guys had, where we had the conversation, you know, that, that you meant, hey, you know, we're looking for people who want to join in and support, you know, this yeah. project. And it was a similar reaction to like initially just being, being very excited by the opportunity and saying, oh, yeah, of course, like I'm down to help out and, you know, whatever you need, however I can be of help. And then as things began to start taking more shape, just realizing, oh, what did we just get ourselves into? But <laughs> I think that having that environment with people that you've worked with before and that you know as it's in the case both Alexis and Craig like it's always been wonderful working with you guys knowing that you are working with a team of people who care about the project as passionately as you do if not more you feel confident that like Alexis said I don't know what's going to happen down the road what challenges we're going to face but I feel pretty good about our ability to resolve them because we have a good communication a good relationship in terms of establishing like okay what is our what is our goal and how can we arrive at the best way to reach it most efficiently? So I was very excited to to join in. And it's funny because a lot of the, the, the process has been kind of learning new things. As when you mentioned, you know, about doing a podcast, like I have had some background doing film and recording audio, things like that, but not specifically for podcasts. You know, I was sort of like, well, let me just make sure that the equipment I have is going to suffice or it's going to get the job done, you know, because at the end of the day, as you said, the theme of the, the episode being first impressions, we want to make a great first impression. We want to show people that we are serious about this and we want to produce the highest quality content that we that we can. And so a lot of it has been kind of just searching online for like tutorials. And I've got to say, it's been eye-opening just seeing how much is available on YouTube, you know, checking out videos of like how to run your own podcast, you know, and like just going (laughs) through, like sitting through a couple hours of YouTube university, so to speak, like giving you like basics of what is the best type of mic to use or like the mixer, things like that. And just kind of getting, you know, the equipment and trying it out, making sure that I know how to run it. That's one of the opportunities that I also feel is, is very exciting and that I know that has been a shift in how 
I approach it, and it's been through all of the the theater work. Whereas before, perhaps like being given a task of like, oh yeah, we're gonna make we're gonna make this happen, and not knowing right away what what you're gonna do. I know that initially that would get me a little bit anxious. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, wait a minute, I have no idea. Like, wait, we're gonna do a podcast? Like, what? I I don't know what we're gonna do. But now it's a good challenge because I feel like it it gives you that motivation to like, okay, well I'm not familiar with this, but let me see what I can do. Let me learn how we can accomplish this. And I know that that's been something that has been changing a lot for theaters as well in terms of like learning how to do a live stream, learning how to do theater on Zoom, you know, things, things of that nature. I'm here for it. You know, I think, I think I'm here for all of the challenges. They all become a great learning opportunity. And so that's been, I guess, you know, more of, more of my end just on the, on the production side of things, just like making sure that we have the equipment and we have the right tools for what we are trying to do. Yeah. And as we go forward, because again, how many theater companies do you know that are like going to produce multiple podcasts per month and are going to really make this kind of engagement? One of the things I was really excited about for bringing Maurizio on in particular was talking about how there there have been so many um, arts institutions, and I've worked for them, <laughs> um, where their their work is sort of behind glass in a way. Their work is sort of you know, you come to us and we will, you know, dispense this wonderful quality work upon you. And I think that in order to survive, the theater really needs to be like, no, we're coming to you. We are not above you. We are not better than you. We are not coming down from on high with the with the tablets, <laughs> you know, um, that the, the theater as an art form, you know, Shakespeare and at the Globe, they were prostitutes doing business. They were they were they were throwing beers at each other. They were throwing stuff at the stage. The theater was never meant to be an art form that was this super elegant thing that was only for a specific class of people who looked a certain way, dressed a certain way. And that starts with making different ways for people to access what we do for all for all of the different levels. My work has been uh, a lot of paperwork, a lot of trying to help just kind of guide the ship on all the different projects that we're doing, scheduling meetings, so many meetings we've had so far, um, and making sure that we have plans for those meetings. And the other, the other big thing is that as a theater company, we are a nonprofit. So the way that we're going to be funding ourselves is through what we've now learned is our earned income. <laughs> Which, it, which would be income that we got from, let's say we do a show and we sell tickets to that show. That's earned revenue. And then we have our donations. That's another form of revenue. And then we have grants. That's another form of revenue. So those three different forms of revenue are, are what we're going to take in. To be able to formally do all those things, we need to be registered as what we call a 501c3 nonprofit, a tax-exempt organization. To become a tax-exempt nonprofit organization, you must register with the IRS. And I would tell anybody who is wanting to start to do this that making that leap is going to require, A, having really good friends. I have a friend that is, a, that is an accountant and an actor, which is like a wonderful, godly combination. I have another friend who um, his wife, who his wife has done... Uh, nonprofit registration, 501c3 stuff for people forever. I also have a sister that's a lawyer and another sister that is also in business and has her own company. And so you lean on the people, again, have the strengths you don't have. And I just ask them, hey, could you look at these drafts of our of our 501c3 registration? Because then it has to be approved by the IRS. And 
one of the things we said since the beginning is we don't want to do these steps more than once. We don't have to, especially because some of them come with financial steps. So it, there is a cost associated with registering a 501c3 in the state of Michigan. It's about $275. Um, it, it varies from state, to, from state to state, I believe, depending on what you're doing. But that's another thing that you're going to have to do. You're going to have to decide if you are for-profit or not-for-profit. And if you are for-profit, God help you. It's a very difficult proposition. But if you are a nonprofit then so many wonderful things are opened up to you. So we are going to be learning about the world of grants, writing grants, cataloging all the money that we that we get in so that we can make sure that we're reporting things properly for the government because you still have to report for the government even if you're tax exempt. So that's the world that we're finding ourselves in. So it's been wonderful to like go out and try to educate myself and then like just drop stuff in our Slack channel. Be like, hey guys, did you know about this? Did you know that if we take in money this way, we have to do this? You know, so um, that and that'll be another episode that we will do. We will have an episode about money and how we're handling money and what we want to do. In yeah, terms once of we get that. money. Yes, once we get money, which will be, you know, uh, which will be happening, which will be happening. We're working soon. on it. We are working on it. Um, lastly, lastly, now because we are we are moving quite well. We talked about making our pre- impression on our audience. We talked about launching our sites, launching our presence in the world basically so the last thing i wanted to talk about now is what the hell are we doing next right so um, i think it's safe to announce this here we on on february the 26th yes this is why alexis is here (laughs) february the 26th schedule person yes i don't know how i backed into this but i'm apparently directing a midsummer night's dream (laughs) but there's a twist i was gonna say what's fun about it craig i'm about to get there we are doing a production called A Lit Summer Night's Dream. A Lit Summer Night's Dream is going to be a Shakespeare drinking game that is going to take place on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook Live, where audience members will be able to donate to us, donate to us, and based on the size of your donation, actors will be forced to perform tasks. (laughs) So not only will they be drinking based on certain rules within the story, so let's say we drink every time someone falls in love with the wrong person. They will they will take a drink. But within that scene where the lovers are fighting, let's say you donate, I don't know, I'm making up a number right now. Let's say you donate $50. Then I will hit a button and say, Lysander, Helena, switch roles. And they will switch characters or they'll put on a funny hat or they'll do like they'll do all kinds of cool things within the course of the show. Also, you'll get to see our faces. We will be on we'll be on that stream and on that stream we'll be advertising what we're gonna do next after that. Because we got them plans. We got not just the next project, we got the one after that. The one after that. We have like another well, I won't talk about what it fully is yet, no. but we have another podcast that we're gonna record mm-hmm. that hopefully we'll, you know, get done in the next couple of weeks as well. But that is all to say that we're really excited, we're really happy. I will say thank you also. That's a big yes. thing. I wanna say thank you to everybody who supported our launch. I mean, within the first, like, hour. hour on Facebook, there were over 100 people that were like, we're excited. This is cool. I got flooded with, like, emails mm-hmm, and too. text messages and things like that of people just being really happy for us. And people are emailing in now. You can go to our website and you can actually email us to become a part of our, our uh, e-blasts that will start to go out as well about what we're doing when we're doing it. So we want to say thank you for everyone who's coming under the tent to be a part of our community because that's we're not just building this by ourselves. We're building this with a community. 
And that's a really, really important deal. So thank you all so much for that. Hey, thanks guys for doing this podcast today <laughs> as well. I think that will that'll about wrap it up for this first episode of Building a Stage. But as we said, please like us, subscribe to us, give us all the stars on the iTunes and all the places where this will be. Help us grow so that we can help this community grow and do better. Thanks. And to go with that too, all of our handles will be on each other's social media. So Instagram has the Twitter, the Facebook, the website, and vice versa. They're all there. All you got to do is go to one and you will find the rest. Correct. Follow all of us. And ladies and gentlemen, that's a podcast. <laughs>